good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And I got to tell you guys, like 2019 is just, I know it already. It's going to be a fantastic year. I am, I am so excited because I'm starting off the first Monday of the year with one of my very best friends in the world. And we've never even met face to face, which is insane. <laughs> but this lady has, she has an unbelievable story. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But um, she has an amazing story. She's been on the Dr. Oz show recently. She's been on Megyn Kelly's show on NBC. She's been all over the, the just everywhere, like, like this woman is amazing. So I want to, without any further from me, I want to welcome my dear friend, Sherry Ami to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ken. What an honor. I'm so happy to finally be on your show. I know it is. <laughs> you've been so patient with me. Um, so thank you. And hi, everyone. <laughs> you're a little bit busy these days. I am. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> Just a tad. And, and like, you know, I, I mean, I have known you. How long have we known each other? Three, four years? It's got to be four years by now, right? Four. 2015. Is that? It, it... Well, we met at the beginning of 2015. So, yeah, so like right, the summer. Right about, wow. That's yeah. unreal. And, yeah, that's when um, Periscope launched. I know. So, <laughs> I I was, um, I let's see, I was surfing through Periscope one night. And, <laughs> um, and, and I came across, I think I came, somebody shared your stream or I saw or something. And, what? <laughs> and... and and I hopped on there and I just saw the radiant glow coming out of you. And you may have been a little bit high on chocolate that night. <laughs> <laughs> or something sugary. Yeah. I don't it was remember. chocolate. It was chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you, um, I mean, you went into your story. Yeah. And and you were like, ah, I don't know if I really want to get into it. It's kind of long. And 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 I was sitting there thinking, no, get into it. I want to hear it. And 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 it was one of the I'll never forget that night. It was one of the <laughs> most amazing um, stories and and four hours of my life <laughs> <laughs> that you'll never get back. <laughs> no, it's phenomenal. So, you know, look, this this show, I created this. I started this back in April, I think, or March of, of last year. And, um, I mean, I've interviewed some major, major celebrities and, and entrepreneurs and um, great people. But you are one of my favorite people on the planet ever. And and as you know, I've been I've been stalking you, trying to get you on the show, and you've been literally, guys, <laughs> literally stalking me, stalking you. <laughs> but like you know, it's because you know this the show is breakthrough walls, and it's 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 to help people that are stuck have a breakthrough. And you of all the people I know had the most incredible breakthrough ever, like ever. <laughs> <laughs> it, seriously. 
and and there's no reason for people to stay stuck and i'm excited for you to share some of some of what of your wisdom and knowledge you're you're incredible so um let's start with where you were born and raised where 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 was that um <laughs> where was i born i was born actually in queens new york <laughs> um but i spent uh, a good part of my uh, childhood actually in westchester county uh, New York, uh, probably the first half of my childhood. And then the second half of my childhood, I spent in Connecticut. So uh, I feel more like I grew up in Connecticut, but also, you know, always going back and forth to New York City. So I would definitely say that whole scene between Connecticut and New York City was definitely the vibe I, you know, grew up around. So very, uh, very driven people, you know, going places, doing big things in the world. So I definitely had that background. Um, and Sorry. <laughs> and okay. I'm like, as long as that wasn't me. That was me. That was me. My volume was up. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I grew up around people that were, you know, just very driven. Um, but the mentality was also, you know, do good in school, uh, play sports, uh, do extracurricular activities, um, go to a good school, and um, you know, and get a great job. So uh, I definitely had that type of background growing up. Yeah. So so you now so you went to school, high school, all that in Connecticut, though, right? Yes. Okay. And then even even college, I went to Wesleyan University. Uh, in Middletown, Connecticut. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And what did you major in in college? Uh, I was a history major, actually. Were you really? Yeah. Wow. Love history. Were love, you going to be love, a love. teacher? I think I thought at one point I was going to be a lawyer. Oh, my God. Can you imagine me being a lawyer? Yes. <laughs> I can imagine you being anything that you want to be. Like, you're amazing. <laughs> so so, so you, you were going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Wow. Well, there was two things, one or two things. I was either going to be a lawyer or I was going to go into investment banking. That's pretty much what everyone around me did. So yeah. it was, again, it was one of those things where, you know, I mean, Ken, I mean, you know, as you start to get older and, and you start to learn from experience and you start to see the bigger world out there, the bigger possibilities that are out there, it's so funny for me to think back at, the stress I was under in college, I literally thought my only two options for the rest of my life was to either be a lawyer or investment banking because that's what everyone around me was doing. Right, right. And so you, you're you're that kind of person. You do everything everyone around you is doing. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Well, well, you know what's really funny though is back then, I kind of was. I always uh, I always marched to my own beat. But I definitely would say, um, uh, you know, this can be a very deep conversation. I'm sure all of you can agree with this. But, you know, I just remember uh, when I think about, and we're going to get into my near-death story, but when I think about my life prior to my near-death experience, I just remember never thinking I was a leader. I was always good at school, good at things. I could uh, I could excel at work and excel at business. 
but I was always trying to like please someone. I was always trying to fit in with the crowd. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, uh, even somebody like myself that grew up in a, you know, mostly white area, white neighborhood, schools, all of that, um, there's a level underneath everything that tells you, you know, you got to somehow fit in because whether you like it or not, you are different from everybody around you. Right, right. And so there is this level that I grew up with of constantly trying to make sure that my skin color, you know, or my gender was never a hindrance to my success. Mm, right? Yeah. Or even or even just to make friends. Yeah. So, you know, it's really funny when I think back, although it's not it's not funny. It's it's actually pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> because we we are we are raised like that and society teaches that um yeah. that we have to fit in. So, um to stand out from that crowd to to reach any kind of breakthrough that that's Steps you beyond the norm, yeah. beyond what society tells you is acceptable, takes a lot of guts, a lot of courage, um, and a lot of uh, belief in yourself. Right. That that is not often taught. You know, you're you're not going to learn that if everyone's showing you you've got to fit it. That's right. So so you you came out of of college. What what was the first thing you did? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you went into the workforce. It's uh, yeah. on some scale. What what did you do? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right when you say. I mean, pretty much anything I put my mind to, I can excel at. So at one point, I got out and I was like, okay. Uh, I think one of my first jobs out was uh, I had a I had an opportunity to be a teacher. And I felt like, well, that was so natural for me. Um, I'm not sure that I really want to do that right now. Um, and so I thought, okay, let me go into the corporate world. And I started working at AIG on their trading floor of all places. Oh, wow. And all I remember is going into my seat, them showing me my seat. Here's your seat. It almost looked like a, an auditorium that has like rows of uh, seating. Where wow. you literally you literally have to get in on one side of the row and walk all the way down into the middle to your seat. That's where my my desk was. That was your office. That was your yeah. What? And what? It, yes. And I got paid a lot of money, but I remember my desk being in the middle of that row. Sat down, and you had everything you needed, including from your computer. You could order your your lunch, your and your dinner. And it would just be delivered right to your row, right to your seat. And I remember thinking, oh, this is really cool, you know, because you're just out of college and you're like, wow, like all this <laughs> yeah. service, right? And then you realize they're trying to just keep you locked in that seat. Right. You're like, so, wait a minute, who's going to, somebody's going to show up with a branding iron. I know they are, right? <laughs> oh so, yeah. Gosh. So, and then I'll never forget just, um, you know, I was managing, my God, trillions of dollars. It, it was a really, when I tell people about this job, they're like, how in the world did you get that? Wow. Um, but I remember also hearing the men like just screaming under so much stress because of the, it was a trading floor and uh, throwing things, swearing, standing on desks, 
throwing chairs. And I just Jeez. remember being like, this is the most bizarre environment. Sounds like a um, scene right out of Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Jeez. So, yeah. So I, it's funny how I landed that job, too. But I landed it because I, I did not want it. And wow. because I didn't want it, that energy came through of like this toughness almost because I was trying to ruin the interview because <laughs> I felt guilty. Like I, it's a long story, but I felt guilty. Like I had to take the job. So I thought, well, maybe if I just blow the interview, I won't get it. And I don't have to worry about taking it. Well, instead <laughs> my attitude, like it turns out they started loving it. Oh, and, and they kept inviting more of the executive team in to interview me. Oh and my I, had, I, I came off with more attitude than ever before. Then they came another uh, executive, more oh, attitude. Wow. Next thing I know, they said to me, you're hired. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so you did like, yeah. did you, did you like say, hey, did somebody got a smoke in an ashtray? <laughs> 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 that, that could have ruined it, I guess. Uh, but they probably would have given you one. <laughs> like, I, I, I think they would have given me one. <laughs> that's funny. So, so along the way, so you did that. How long did you do that? I didn't last very long there. It, it was not the environment for me. And I was like, you know, there's something about me too. Like I've always been able to make money and do whatever. Yeah. I just, but uh, you know, sometimes I used to think it was a curse. I just. If it's not the right environment or if I don't, if val the values of that company don't match mine, I won't last very long. Right. I'll just, I'll leave and go find something else. So it's, uh, it's been a journey, but I ended up finally finding my love in uh, computer programming. So that's where most of my 20 years has been in uh, being a programmer. And then I eventually... Uh, started my own tech firm. Wow. Um, and had, you know, 20 people working for me and it was very successful very quickly. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, how, and, and I mean, I know you still dabble in that a little bit and you, I mean, you got a lot of irons in the fire. We won't go into all of that, but, um, like what, what, um, at some point and you were like, still in your 20s when you started that right yeah i started my first company um in my 20s it hit six figures within three months that's that's amazing that's awesome yeah. Yeah. so so at some point though um you had a life shifting um, life changing. And I don't want you to go into the whole thing. <laughs> we, well, you can, I just have other appointments today, <laughs> I'm kidding. but at some point you had a big life shifting occurrence happen. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty much at the height of this new business taking off. Um, I also got married. So there was a lot of stress going on between running a business, having people working for me, um, and also just having, not only launching like my first startup without any kind of funding, um, 
but to achieve success so fast. I mean, when I launched my, my company, the minute I opened doors, I had 12 signed clients already. Wow. So I was not prepared for that. And so, um, a lot of the success was really a lot of word of mouth. And, and I had built such a reputation um, in the industry, just in tech, uh, especially being a female you know, programmer, uh, which was very rare back then and still. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> True story. Uh, yeah. So, um, so things progressed really fast. So it, it was very stressful because I didn't have mentors that you know there wasn't really social media you know so i didn't have grant cardone to show me how to scale the business so there was a lot happening um on top of that getting married i was just under a lot of stress um i was marrying into a family where i was going to have instant four stepkids um so it, it was a lot hitting at once um and my youngest was seven. Mm. So, you know, it was it was a lot going on. And in the midst of all that, uh, two months after our wedding day, I found out that I had cancer. Mm. So um, so I underwent six months of chemotherapy for that, um, you know, trying to still maintain the company, um, not really telling any of my employees because I didn't really want uh, anyone to worry. Right. Um, so imagine going through six months of chemo. That's a cumulative and not being able to tell anyone. How in the world did you pull that off or did you? Uh, I did pull it off. It was it was very difficult, but I, you know, I have an, I had an amazing team. So um, and I think, you know, just that that go getter in me just um kind of took over, you know, yeah. it, it was hard. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, sugarcoat it. It was one of the most challenging moments of my life. Right, right. So I thought at the time. Um, and so, you know, yeah, so the the company maintained itself. But afterwards, you know, I was cancer free after six months. And I just had this other view of life and like really what was important. And I started questioning was my energy and my skills uh, best serving these types of companies or these types of businesses? So my brain already had started questioning, you know, really like what's my purpose in life? You know, what's what's the meaning of my life? What am I doing this all for? Yeah. Um, and it was shortly after that, about eight months later, after being declared cancer-free, that I suffered cardiac arrest. Um, and my husband had just gotten me to the emergency room probably 10 minutes before I flatlined right in his arms. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And that's when I, um, underwent CPR and, uh, they were not successful with CPR at all and were ready to call my time of death within the first, um, five, 10 minutes. And one doctor in that hospital room who happened to be my doctor, um, which was very rare for him to be on call on a Saturday because he was literally the director of uh, cardiology. So the whole department. Um, So he happened to be on call. He ordered everyone like a drill sergeant to continue with CPR. 
and uh, they continued for over 90 minutes. Still no heartbeat. Um, and so, so technically, like, you were dead. Yeah, I mean, there was, I had no heartbeat um, this whole time. Wow. So, you know, um, you don't know at that point, am I, am I brain dead, right? I mean, right. that's a long time. Yeah. So, you know, when you think of, like, these doctors, these emergency room staff that have to make these quick calls, I mean, it, it blows my mind um, to imagine what was going on through his head. Um, that he thought he could still save me after 90 minutes. Um, wow. And so they continued with CPR long enough for him to install a temporary life support device. And then by another miracle, uh, he happened to know some contacts at New York Presbyterian Hospital in uh, New York City, which is literally one of the top uh, hospitals in the world for cardiothoracic you know, heart issues. So I, they actually came, they brought their whole surgical team uh, to Connecticut Jeez. to get, to get this, this uh, young lady that um, had no heartbeat for hours at this point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, switched me over to their life support device, rushed me back to their hospital in New York City and began open heart surgery. And the first surgery was I believe over 16 hours, which is a really long time. Holy so, moly, that's yeah. yeah, that's that's a long time. Yeah, that's, that's a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. So, uh, wow. So okay, they so obviously before they took you into open heart surgery, they they got a heartbeat at some point, right? No. 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 Yeah. Now, when I arrived, I was, I was DOA. Oh my yeah. God! Wow! Yeah. Wow! So, um, wow! I don't even. I mean, I've heard it before. I don't know that I've ever heard you tell this story where we we weren't laughing. <laughs> Probably because I was being a time. jerk. I'm like, oh my God! I'm gonna start calling you the dead girl. <laughs> You were cracking up like you're a miracle. You're a miracle. And and I, I you know, I think that the, the comments on Facebook Live right now are just going absolutely crazy. Um, so, you know, but I, I, I want to say that, you know, like. And I know everybody asks and I, I, I'm not going to ask you to go into details because I know you can't go completely into it but what are some of the things because you had like it, it isn't like you just like yeah I, I i was out for 90 plus minutes and and you know don't there nothing really happened i was just kind of dormant there that's not what happened is it no um no the minute my the minute i flatlined i went into this whole other realm um, that to be honest, I, it took me a, a long time after this whole incident to figure out what it was because I had never heard of it before. Um, and what I had was a near death experience. So I, I remember, uh, knowing that I one minute was alive and the next minute I was dead. 
Did you um, know you were dead? Yes, I I absolutely know. You did. Yeah. Wow. You because just, I, I, just I got remember. Chills. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember. The first thought was, "Wow, that was really easy." Wow, really? Yeah. That was easy. Yeah. Wow. And I'll tell you why, because my whole life, death was probably my biggest fear ever. Wow. I was terrified of death. And it's not something people talk about. Right. So, so you're just kind of silently terrified of this looming thing in the distance that you don't quite know when it's going to happen. Yet it happens to all of us, and yet it's not acceptable to talk about it. Why do you think that is? I think because, you know what? I, I could sit here and say because it's the unknown and people are terrified of talking about the unknown, but you know what? If you go back in history... I don't think that was the case. I think ancient history, uh, if you look at how uh, death was celebrated, not not in a way of like, oh, great, you know, so-and-so is, is gone. Right. But, but the celebration of life. I mean, if you look at any kind of ancient uh, uh, tribal, ancient civilization, um, ancient uh, religious religions, you know, it wasn't feared uh, as much as we do now. So, you know, there was definitely a point in history, not to get into all that, but yeah. there was definitely a point where uh, people, society was, um, it no longer became acceptable mm. to, to do certain things that um, past cultures did. Uh, used to do and still do to this day. Um, but I, I think I have a feeling that religion has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah. And so over the years, you know, we've now become conditioned that there are just certain things you don't talk about and you go to certain sources to find comfort yeah. on topics like that. So, 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 does it boil down to people are just afraid to talk about it? Um, well, yeah, I think you're, it's a, yeah, because we'll think about it. Like for me to come out and share my near death story, a lot of things, there's a couple of things that happen. Number one, maybe you just don't want to hear about it because maybe you just lost a loved one and the topic terrifies you or you don't, you just don't want to know because to you, it's easier for you to just wrap up that part of your life and move on. Um, uh, so as, as, as you already know, <laughs> cause you and I've had like, not just four hours of watching you on Periscope, but you and I have talked on the phone for hours and hours and hours and hours about everything in life. Right. And, 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 um, and and I've I have the privilege of of privately asking you questions like hey like you know and and I'm sure that people 
always are like, well, what, what? So, okay, is it Buddha or Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) I get that all the time. Or Mohammed, or who is it? Like, you know, like, and and I don't want you to get into all of that unless you feel like it, but like, um, what are some of the things not, I mean, what are some of the things that, that you, you, you after this experience, because you came back <laughs> and you yeah, came back with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like, I you did. really did. And because yeah. I, I mean, that's that's the thing is. But what 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 are some of the things you came back that had shifted for you as a result? Um, <laughs> Channing Gardner said, and is Elvis there? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't been asked that before, so that's a first. <laughs> that's a first, right? Oh my gosh! So you're like, yes, thank you very much. But, um, <laughs> so, 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 what are what are some of the shifts? Because I know that um, you had some major, major shifts. Um, yes. When you when you came back, what what are some of the things that that occurred that gave you that shift? Um. Well, <laughs> uh, when I when I was uh, in the after realm, we'll call it that. Um, I actually experienced my lifetime review, so um, I got to what that meant is that. I got to experience all over again every lifetime that I, my soul has ever had. Wow. So, so, and that's a lot to take in because when I say every uh, life, I mean future, past, present, <laughs> happening at the same time. There was a lot going on. Um, which always brings in its own multitude of questions. Sure. But that's that's what I experienced. And during that review, I was shown why I had died in the first place. I had shown I was shown why I got sick, why I had cancer. I had I was shown why certain themes were constantly showing up in my life. So you know, sometimes people have uh, constant themes of, you know, always having a lack of money or always having poor relationships or, um, you know, just, just, there's something in your life that tends to always be repeating itself. Yeah. And I discovered in this review what that pattern was because it showed up literally attached to my soul in each one of these lifetimes. And so I realized at the end of this lifetime review, which by the way, I didn't mention, but when I crossed over, I did not want to come back. I was ready to go. I was like, this is heaven. (laughs) This is beautiful. I feel light as a feather. Um, I always had felt like such a burden on others in my life. You know, that was just the conditioning I was in. So I just remember feeling so free, like, well, everyone can be happy now because I'm no longer a burden. I'm happy. My soul feels light. So I was ready to move on. Wow. I actually, I actually didn't want to come back. 
I have a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the life, you know, you, you went through this life review process. And, yeah. and, and it, I, in real time, it probably was like that. But, and, and, you know, the, I don't know. I'm making assumptions like, <laughs> yeah, well, I was there, but <laughs> I have probably have been there before. But, you know, like, did you feel like you, um, was it, was, were you, were you judged? Was it, did it feel like you were being judged or? During the life review? No, it was more just, it was as real as us talking right now. Wow. <laughs> so just imagine, imagine going through that with like no. one lifetime in India, one in Japan, one wow. here. Um, sometimes I wasn't even a human. I was maybe a some type of sea fish. Um, wow. So I got to experience uh, the connection of us as humans to everything around us. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was very, very powerful. But what I witnessed, um, including my own funeral, that was one of the things that I witnessed, uh, which, which was very painful, very painful. Um, but I learned after all of that, that nothing was going to change unless I could identify why that theme kept attaching to my soul. Mm. Like that, that was the biggest revelation was that that was my sole responsibility from here on out <laughs> wow. was just to make sure that I clear that. Wow. So that's the point that I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my life. I'm ready to go back with this clarity, this awareness. And now I know that everything that I had been doing in my life up till my death was all wrong. It was all backwards. It was all a conditioning that I was told that kept me from my true essence and my true mission in life. Wow. Holy moly, moly, moly. Holy mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like, okay, so, so, wow. I don't even know. Like, uh, the more, the more, every single time I talk to you, my, mm -hmm. I hang up and I'm like, Wow. It just blows me away because you have, um, I mean, look, you were, you were chosen. I mean, I mean, I, I, and I hate to put it that way. Like you're the little boy on that, the, 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 you know what I'm talking about? The close encounters movie or whatever, but, like, 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 but you were chosen. You were given this gift of rebirth after death, literally. And I talk about it all the time. Like, look, you are, everybody watching this, I have very bad news for you. You're going to die. I say that all the time. Like, it's going to happen. And I, I think that people have a, I, I've always thought this. I don't know if it's true, but I've always thought the human ego has this unbelievable inability to understand the finality of this flesh passing, right? It oh, yeah. just doesn't yeah. get it. Big time. But you did. You got to experience that. Glenn Lundy is on here. Hey, Glenn. 
Hey, so, Glenn. <laughs> I love Glenn. He's amazing. So, I know. So you went through, but you, so you went through this. It actually happened, and you were given the gift of of coming back here and sharing some insights with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, it's amazing because I always say I have the gift of gab now. Uh, first of all, when I first came back, um, I didn't talk for a full year. I don't know that you know that. I knew that actually, yes. Oh, did I tell yeah, you that? Yeah, you told me. Yeah, I did not talk for a year because wow. I was I was mind blown. And <laughs> I, like, I, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> But also, I was like, what is this world? Wow. Like, I was like, what is this world? For a year. Wow. Like, this world did not seem real to me. Because there was so much potential in the other realms. Mm. And so, I was like, why are people talking to me? Like, you didn't have to talk to one another in the after realm. It was all telepathic. Wow. So, like, what's normal for me it is to just sit in a room with somebody and be quiet. <laughs> and to me, it, we're talking, right? Yeah. So, I kind I came back, yes, with a lot of gifts. Well, number one, the gift of awareness. Um, but number two, the gift of tapping into senses and being able to see the world no longer in a linear uh, a linear fashion, but in a, a, a whole interdependent, multi-dimensional framework. Wow. I mean, I see it with my eyes all at once as if you were to take a snapshot. And I, it, it's, it's funny because I used to say this to people and they're like, what are you talking about? But I don't know how to explain it any other than it's part of why I excelled so fast on social media. Like, that's my secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write a book on that secret. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it's because I came back with these senses, this, this ability to tap into what other people are doing on social media at once right before I post something. Right. And it sounds very bizarre, but it's real. And it's why it's where my confidence comes from. It's where this confidence to know that it doesn't matter if you try to copy my work. It doesn't matter if you try to if you try to steal some whatever it is that I'm doing, it will not work for you the way it works for me. Right. Like so there's never a competition in my mind, because to me. We're all so different with all our own unique skill sets and superpowers, I like to call them. Yeah. And when we learn to come together, each with those unique traits, the value and the power that comes from that is enough to really shift this entire planet. And so that's kind of the big perspective that's always in my world every day wow. it's not so much focused on the little things like you know oh there was a spelling error here or, oh this person's getting mad at me for this it, it's 
so broad now. And so that's part of how I was able to heal while I built this social media presence. It's because I took myself out of my own problems yeah. and into a position that I could support other people with just just the wisdom coming out of my mouth randomly. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. And without a format, you know, I was I was just trying to survive another day. I was trying to recover. Yeah. Um there was no like funnel system or this or that. It was just me right. pouring from my heart authentically yeah. as I'm surviving, right? And because I just stayed true to who I, who I am, it allowed me to stand out very, very quickly amongst everyone else. And, and that is one of the biggest lessons that I learned and, and that I came back with is this knowledge that the way to really achieve your heaven on earth your dreams, what your true mission is, you know, on this planet is to stop looking around at what everybody else is doing because they're operating from a place where the world has told them this is how you need to be so you can end up here. Right, right. So do you think that that's what, I mean, because I always ask, like, what do you think um, the number one thing is that holds people back? And the most common answer to that is fear. Um, but what is so what is it that you think? Well, you huh, you don't think you already you know, like there's no yeah. thinking you yeah, absolutely. No you're the, the only person I think I know besides maybe Grant um, that that. <laughs> That know that you know you know what stops people. What is yeah. that? Um, you have not accepted yourself for who you are. So, what that means is that you you are never enough for yourself. You are never enough. So you will never trust your judgment. You will never trust your intuition. You'll you'll never trust that. Your nose looks okay. You'll never trust that your hair is long enough. Um, you have not accepted yourself as a whole, as a whole human, as a whole being, spiritual being that was born to be exactly who you are. And because of that, you distract yourself your entire life with this and this and this. Well, this person said this to me, so that means if I do what I want to do, then they're going to be pissed. So all of that, your reasons for not having enough time, your reasons for why you've gained weight, all of that stuff, I get it. It's real. It's just as real. This was a harsh truth that I had to stare at myself in the mirror and say to myself. So whatever I'm saying today, I've said it to myself. And it is that one shift that allowed me to excel despite, despite every obstacle standing in my way. And that is 
that I had to finally look at myself and I had to go one by one and every thought that came up where I judged myself for not being good enough, I had to go and forgive every single one of those thoughts. Wow. One by one. Wow. Like literally right down to your toe. Mm. And once I started doing that, something magical started happening. And I started freeing up space in my body, in my cells, on the cellular level. I started freeing up this random tension that had been held in my body year after year after year as I grew from a baby to a toddler to a little girl to a teenager to an adult to where I am today. I realized that this beautiful baby that started off loving her toes playing, you know, babies play with their toes. Yeah. They're laughing. They're in awe at the world, right? Yeah. Look at the fascination of the world. Somehow we get to be adults and that's all gone. And what is it replaced with? It's replaced with 100% judgment of ourselves. No one else is judging us. I will promise you this. No one else is judging you. It is you judging yourself. Wow. So you haven't been sitting there judging the bad lighting I have and how I'm like all washed out. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you, Ken. <laughs> uh, I love you. I love your perspective on everything. And, it, and it's, it's not like. Well, let me ask you. I, I don't. Well, can make... I can I say something quick? Yes, yes. The word fear is way too general. Way too general. You will never break through anything if you don't dig further than the word fear. Oh. Oh, and I love that. Way too general. So what? What can? Well, okay. So, wow. That is really powerful. The word fear is way too general. You will never break through anything if, if say that one more time. If you don't go deeper than the fear. If you don't go deeper than the fear. And so you're saying that the common thread, the common theme, the common thing that, that people are, 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 that's holding people back, that's causing them failure after failure in these common themes you were talking about is, is generally self-judgment. Absolutely. That's the only judgment there is on this planet. Really? The only. Wow. 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 And I want to recommend everyone right now, just take a really deep breath in and out. Because what I'm sharing is really, really energetically massive. 
Jeez. And, I, and I want you guys to take this in because this goes beyond a self-help book. This goes beyond any training you could possibly pay for. This is actually something you can do yourself. It just requires you believing that there's something worthy enough in you to do something about it. So, so here's, here's the thing. First off, you did it again. I'm sitting here like numb. You did it again. And not in four hours. You did this in 49 minutes and five seconds. Wow. Okay. So, um, so, so the only judgment on this planet is self judgment. That is one of the most powerful statements that if you really put yourself in the right mindset and really take that in, that is probably the most powerful statement ever. So, so, wow. So, okay. I, I my mind is mush right now. Sorry. Um, it, it's, I was going to ask you a question. What are you like putting juju on my, my questions or something? Well, kidding. let me, let like, me do gone. this. I had a question about what you were just saying. Darn it. Well, oh. let me, let me do this it, until you remember. Cause this happens a lot when I do interviews, like there's always this point <laughs> where the interview is just so blown away that they don't really know what to say. And so what I would say is, what are you feeling right now? I mean, not to turn the whole thing back in on you, but like, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's indicative of what other people think yeah, or, or are thinking when they hear me speak. Well, I think here's, here's, here's what I was thinking. Okay. Cause uh, self-judgment has been my life story just just like and and i think that anybody that that says that it's not for them they'll lie about other things too so now that i see it from this perspective you're a thousand percent correct so but what about the guy that attends because i know you do a lot of public speaking you're you speak all over the world which yeah. it started in your like you were eating chocolate cake in your bedroom one night on periscope <laughs> like and i was there not in your bedroom don't uh, like uh, on the periscope <laughs> jeez so but the <laughs> that's insane. but like you know so people go they read these books they read they go to these seminars they go they listen to you speak we hear grant cardone speak we hear you know all these different people speak we get this motivation and 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 we walk away going, yes, it's self-judgment. I know I got the answer. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus and all of that. Right. And so so but then they get back into their life and they 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 forget that they're judging themselves or they forget that, you know, all that motivation goes away. So how do you how do you um, how do you keep it? Because you well, are you are steady with that. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so here's the thing. Before you figure out how to keep it, you have to ask yourself, do you even have the courage to do what's required of you to live a life that's going to go against the grain? What's that mean? What do you mean go against the grain? My brother, my little brother's on here. 
and yeah. and he's he's a he's a professional golfer, but he okay. also sells insurance. So you know, like his goal, his dream is golf. Like it's him. It's every fiber of his being, right? But he's yeah. it's like it won't make him enough money to sustain his life and his family and all that. So how do you tell somebody like that? Like, hey, dude. You got to live your dream, man. You're going to die and you're going to come back and have to live it anyway or so, whatever. I, I'm, I'm again, yeah. making assumptions, but. Yeah. Um, number one, um, I love that you use the word assumptions because assumptions is part of. Assumptions is part of linear thinking. I don't think we think about that. You know, I think a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, like to think, oh, we think outside the box. And yeah, no, um, no I'm, I'm pretty open minded. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know? And you're like, well, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and assumptions are. Um, what's the right word? Assumptions are. Uh, I'm trying to think of a powerful word that I can anchor that word to so that you no longer assume again. <laughs> All right, um, right. Because here's the thing. When your brother thinks of the idea of doing golf full time, what you said was, but that's not possible. He thinks that's not possible because it would never make him enough money. Right. What's very interesting is as soon as you said that, the first thing that stepped into my mind was, oh, my God, he could make so much money with that. Right. So I think so I think it's very so that's something you have to look at that. Why is it that I can look at that and think of this endless world of possibilities of how you could make money with golf? And yet someone else can say it's not possible. And the difference is. It is the difference between that linear thinking or going outside of the norm, breaking through your assumptions. Mm. And those assumptions are part of that linear thinking yep. that you've been taught to think your whole life. I love that. Love it. Right? You're right. So, you know, a lot of times I talk about dimensions and hopefully I won't lose any of you. But if you're <laughs> if you're if you're a two dimensional uh piece of paper laying on a desk and let's say it actually was aware of its surroundings if you all of a sudden put a three-dimensional ball around it it can't see the three-dimensional ball because it's coming from a two-dimensional perspective mm. and it's the same as you go higher up it doesn't even know what three-dimension or four-dimension or five-dimension looks or feels like in order to even see it so when you're still in a linear type of thinking, very just straight and flat, right? Very three-dimensional, meaning you're only seeing what's in front of you. That's that's your perspective of the world and what can actually take place is I am just looking at the information I'm getting right. from what I see reflecting back to me from my current world. Right. Right? That's that linear thinking. My perspective on golf is let's go beyond what we know how golfers make money. What if we were to start thinking of ourselves 
like our own entity, our own brand, our own personal brand, our own thought leadership platform. What if you took my brand, Sherry May, and tomorrow, just like I did with blockchain technology, tomorrow I decided I wanted to take up golf. Mm. And you guys know how I do whenever I try something new. <laughs> <laughs> you go all in. Right? Yeah. And guess what? Because I have this platform, because people want to hear me speak, and I just happen to play golf. <laughs> right. Guess what? I'm going to get paid to play golf. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the key to me building this brand that I have now that landed me on NBC Today show with Megan Kelly, Dr. Oz show, and traveling as a paid speaker around the world. When I met you, Ken, it had just been a month or two of me crying on the edge of my bed. Yeah. I couldn't walk. I couldn't even feed myself when I met you. Yeah. I had somebody feeding me, Ken, when I met you. Yeah. Yeah. But did anybody know that extent on so, on Periscope? No. Nope. You guys you guys didn't know the full details. But nope. you, you knew I was recovering, but you didn't know the full details right. of my everyday life. Right. I had to think outside of the box. I had to think beyond the linear thinking. I had to think beyond, oh my God. I can't even stand without three people holding me up. Oh my God, somebody else has to feed me. Um, I have to roll myself in my wheelchair to the bathroom with better lighting to actually compete with the other influencers on social media. Wow. How am I ever going to become known? Right? So if I were to look at just the, the wheelchair the fact that I was literally 112 pounds at five, seven and a half. Um, could barely brush my teeth. Could, I couldn't do anything. If I were to just look at that, imagine, imagine Ken, if I actually focused on all of that. Right. Because it would have been justified. Sure. It would have been justified for me to stay in bed, recover, yeah. and just just say to myself, it's over. I can't do anything right now. I'll never be able to make money. I am 100% disabled right now. Yeah. I could have gone down that road. Yeah. But I chose to believe that there is a bigger world out there full of bigger possibilities. And that is part of my mission is I was given this gift yeah. of awareness. I was given this gift of the extent of the human potential, the human or senses beyond, beyond smelling, beyond tasting, beyond our eyesight. There is more power to the human body. We have we have senses. You and me talking right now over virtual reality. I know you feel my heart. Oh, I yes, always. Yeah. So what sense is that? 
right? Right. That's, that's, that's more than just your eyes and your nose and taste. And it's more than that. There is something else that we possess. And all I did was I eliminated the fact that I physically couldn't get to anybody outside of my bedroom. I just said, I will not let that linear thinking, what's right in front of me, stop me from the fact that I have the ability to give you goosebumps through the internet. Right. Is that crazy? I, I, and, and it's like, it's, it's, I've, I've said this many times. Einstein said, everything is energy in motion. And, and, and so I feel your energy. I feel it. I don't even, I can close my eyes and listen to you talk and I feel it. Right. I don't even have to hear you talk if I go deep enough. And, yeah. and that's what, what I think that people miss is, yeah. is the answers are all within. And you're saying that, that, you know, the very first thing you need to let go of is self judgment, which would include worrying about what everybody else is going to think or which would include that two dimensional vision or view of the world. Right. Like, like yeah. the piece of paper. What a great, um, what's the word? A, the the Meta metaphor. metaphor. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. What a, it's an, it's an amazing metaphor. And, and so like, let me ask you this, like, and, and we're a little bit over, I, I hope that's okay with you. Um, yeah, but, but, you know, like before you died, um, you know, let's, let's say maybe a week or two before, um, did you have any worries about your bills not getting paid or this, or, you know, oh, the, the, I got to get ready for this event or all oh, this thing's coming up and oh my gosh, what am I? And did you have those worries and fears before you died? I was just full of fear. What about after you came back? When I came back, no. Um, especially immediately after. If you knew me probably the first uh, five years after I came back, um, yeah, there was very little that, no. I mean, I really didn't. Once I made it through my heart transplant, like in comparison to that, um, you know, there, there's really nothing that, there's really nothing that scares me. What happens now is, and that's a sign for me to get back to my, my own daily rituals and things that I do to keep myself um, connected to this awareness, if mm -hmm. you want to call it that, mm -hmm. um, is distractions. I look at things as distractions now. So anything that's taking me away from my home, which is like inside me, yeah, um, is a distraction, right? And it doesn't mean they're bad. It just means for right now, something is distracting me. And I need to go back in and within and focus on my inner world. And once I'm balanced back again in my inner world and I've got my perspective back, then I can go back out and interact with whatever because my focus is internal instead of external. And there's one thing I want to share when you said, um, like fears being like, well, what would people think? Right. Um, you can even go deeper than that. I think that is still too general. 
Because mm. we, we say that a lot. We're like, well, I can't do that because I'm afraid of what people are going to think. It's too, <laughs> it, it's too easy. It's too easy. You see, when I work with people, when I, it is not that easy to work with me because I will make you do the work. Right. I will make you do the work because let me tell you something, Ken. I have so much conviction in the wisdom I came back with. I have no doubt that I can change someone's perspective like within a single conversation. Yeah. Um, if you maintain that level of um, uh, mentorship or whatever with me, you will it will become ingrained enough in your uh, daily habits that you won't have to worry about it again, right? Yeah. So nothing is a one-time call or whatever, but that's how that's how powerful this wisdom is because I'm not really telling you anything you don't know. I'm 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 causing you to remember what your soul already knows. Amen. That, I love that's, that. Right? That's why you're speechless. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what to say cuz you're like Oh my god. Yeah. It, it it's just it's so at your core. Yeah. It's so real. Yeah. And um, the only thing I can do, you know, because it's not a five-step system. It's like I can give you a blueprint. You have to do the work. You have to dig deeper. The key to clearing any of these themes in your life is going deeper and deeper and asking the right questions. And thankfully, I know the right questions to ask. Um, yeah. But that is one of them. Your fear is too general. Um, I'm afraid of what other people think. That's way too general. Yeah. You're not. You're not afraid of what other people think. You're afraid of what you think. Mm. You are the one. You are the one that it's not good enough for. You. You are telling yourself that that is not good enough. Love that. You're it's right. not anybody else. And until you face that fact, you can never push through that because it'll always be this distant excuse that you get to say. You get to say. You get that privilege to cop out on your life. Mm. It's a harsh, it's a harsh reality. But I need people to see you know, my, my role back here alive is not for people to like me. You know, I used to be a people pleaser. It's not for people to like me. It's that I see the totality of every decision we make, every, the connection that all beings have. I see your potential. I see the bigger aura around you. I see the mass potential you have around you. And I see that there's one little dot stopping you from creating miracles in your life and the life around you. It's one little dot that you will do everything in your power to run away from that one little dot. Wow. That's so powerful, Sherry. It's true. And, and that's, and you know, for me, that's where I have to accept that that this is my role on the planet now. It, and that I, I may not have. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I see that. that and I've, I've told you that since I, I, I met you. Like, 
like holy crap you've got a huge purpose you know and 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 i i think we should it's we've been i like time with you always goes by so fast it's ridiculous <laughs> I um but i i you know i don't want to go a whole lot longer but i i, I do want to i ask everybody this same question i'm going to be blown away by your answer i'm sure um you know i'm a recovered alcoholic and and for many many years and and i've got 16 and a half years sober so um i'm very grateful for that but for many years um, and, and even into well into sobriety for many years, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I had my car repossessed in front of employees one time and that was really an awesome day, not, but, but like, you know, I had, and the, the electric bill or this bill or that bill, you know, problems always in, and, and that common theme thing you, you, you talked about earlier. Um, when, when, after you died, you, you were given your life review and shown those common themes, right? I don't want to have to die and hopefully come back to, to get right. Like we don't have to experience that, right? No, you don't, you don't. Um, but the courage, so there's, there's, there's two ways it can happen. You can be jolted. Yeah. Literally back into yourself. Right. Which is what happened to me because I was stubborn for way too many years. Yeah. And that's for whatever reason, how my soul played out. It was like, no, you're going to wake up in this lifetime. <laughs> wow. Um, you can do it that way. Um, you know, or you can, Find the courage within yourself um, to be okay with being different from everyone around you, because you can't have both. You you can't fit in and know what I know. Like right, it's just not going to work. Like as much media attention as I've gotten, whatever, I don't fit in with with the majority of. You know, you can't invite me over to a dinner party and think that I'm going to talk about, you know, or sit there and listen to, and I don't know. It's like there's very few conversations, right, that once you've been shown, like, how the world works, like, right. your mind is constantly like, okay, E equals MC squared, you know? Like, right. You're not... <laughs> You're not like focused on like these everyday things because you know they're distractions. Right. So you've got to be okay with that. Um, I don't sugarcoat things. So I'm sure some people want to be all warm and fuzzy and be like, oh, sure, you can just awaken just like that. You know? <laughs> Now, who were you mimicking? I'm kidding. So, so that, right. And you don't. And, and so let me ask you this. And because we've all been in those positions and I ask everybody this question on the show. That's a guest on the show. I've been in this position. Your, your electric's getting shut off tomorrow. 
you don't have any money to pay it. You can't hardly feed your family. Your car was repossessed last week. Life has fallen apart. Maybe you own a business and you can't figure it out or whatever. And they call you up and say, Sherry, these are the, all the things that are going wrong in my life. Um, yes. Please, God, please help me. I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I, I just, I need your, I need your help. I'm getting text messages right now about you, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I need your help. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? My electric is getting shut off tomorrow. Everybody's starving here. What do you yeah. say to that person to help them get out of that, to help them get out of it here? Um, so that's interesting that you say that because that's probably the majority of the call, the, the sessions that I get, um, through my website now, since I've taken my brand public, like more public, right out into mainstream, this is the common issue. The majority of people are facing and it's very, and I really need you guys. To, and that's a great question, Ken. Um, but also to all the entrepreneurs there, I, for those of you that, um, are afraid to, go out there and, and be a coach or a mentor or offer some type of service. You're afraid to charge what you charge. Most of the time, you're probably afraid to charge what you're, what you want to charge because you're comparing yourself to other coaches out there. Um, I had a coach recently say something to me that my prices right now are too low and I know what I'm doing. Right. I also know that I'm not here to be, the multi-million dollar coach that gets to show off about the, the million dollar company that, you know, I just built in 90 days. That's not my purpose in life. Right. My purpose is that I know that beyond the small entrepreneurial world, there's a whole world of everyday people out there with those same issues you just talked about. Yeah. Um, and that's the majority that I get. What I tell them, number one, they instantly feel better being on the phone with me. Yep. That's that's number one. Because people in that state feel helpless, hopeless, and are literally terrified. Like beyond fear. It's it's a terror. It is like your entire foundation has no stability whatsoever. Right. It, it it's a very frightening thing and really what it is is on a soul level it, it, it's deeper than just my physical survival. It's, um, it's something that goes deeper. And just being on the phone with me helps people to calm down and to think clearly. So mm. your first step, if you don't have me, is to find someone that is just somewhere, someone or someplace that feels safe, whether that's a lake, a beach, or, or wherever nature by a tree all right find somewhere safe because when you're in the midst of all that your brain is going haywire and you will never be able to come up with the solution that is right for you when you're in that mindset so number one is finding a place to get really safe so that you can actually tune in because your inner soul knows exactly how to get you out of that situation i promise you i promise you number two what looks like absolute devastation for you right now, such as the embarrassment of your car being repoed in front of your employees, yeah. such as your lights being turned off, 
guess what? You're still breathing. You're still alive. There's nothing real about that. Mm. Because you're still breathing. You're still safe. You're still with your family. It's the perspective shift you need to start thinking and accessing your way out of this situation. And you will not get out of that situation by being terrified of what the neighbors will think because your lights are out. Wow. Your lights being out for a month, you will survive. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. You are still a living being soul. You are still here. Worst came scenario. You have a church. There is, I promise you, as bad as it feels. There is a next step before whatever is going on in your mind. You've got to get clear. You've got to get centered. And you need to find a safe space to allow your body, your mind, your soul to relax and tune into inside, which is going to give you your next steps. That's where the answers are. I, I, I'm, I got to, I, like... Again, I, I'm, we are way, I, I've never done a show this long and I'm, I knew that, I knew, and we both knew, we laughed about it, like we knew that we would talk forever and I, I love you, I love, uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we text back and forth all the time. You are amazing and for any, like my brother, my brother wants to connect with you, so, um, he, yeah, he, and, and there's, there's going to be a ton of people, so, Let's let's end with um, first off me saying I love you. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know how busy you are. Um, number two, I, did I see that your 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 interview with Doctor Oz has now had over one million views? Is that right? Uh, that's the one with uh, on NBC with Megan Kelly. Oh, <laughs> over a million views. Oh my God! Yeah, the the replay on YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's insane. And and the, yeah. some amazing interviews you've had. Um, probably none as great as mine, but <laughs> of course not. I'm teasing no, you. thank thank you, um, thank you, Ken. This has been absolutely incredible, and um, and I appreciate you for for not giving up on me and for being so patient as uh, well. It's it's definitely been a wild year for 2018 but i'm so glad i finally get to be on here with you and everyone oh um, you're you're amazing <laughs> you're amazing how can Thank everyone you. that wants to like there's there's <laughs> my brother my brother just said amazing isn't a strong enough word to describe her <laughs> yeah. oh, that's awesome oh um, you guys are amazing yeah how, if you want to follow with, you yeah um, so my website, you can definitely add me on Facebook. Um, also, my website is um, sherryame.com. So C-H-E-R-I-E-A-I-M-E-E.com. Hold on. I'm going to um, put it up on the screen, Sherry. It's, it's Okay, perfect. C-H-E-R-I-E-A-I-M-E-E.com. Yep, Perfect. And um, and then there's if you'd actually like to book a session with me, 
you can go to, there's a page on there under the menu that says work with Sherry. Mm -hmm. And um, so most people, if you don't, if, if you've never had a session with me, you can um, set up just an initial conversation, uh, you know, consultation with me. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like to book the, there's one called Ask Sherry um, because people have so many questions for me. Yeah. Um, that's usually the most popular one where you get to jump on a call with me for an hour and ask me all your questions and I can help guide you. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, I would love to connect with all of you. Thank you so much, everyone, for taking the time. I'm sorry I can't see your comments, but I feel your energy and I feel your love. Um, yes, and I would love to connect with all of You're you. You're amazing. And and by the way, she doesn't work for free, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's when you know you have a great friend <laughs> Ken you. you're awesome uh, well I want you know I mean Sherry you and I have been friends for, for several years now and I, 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 I said it in my post I think last night that I've watched you over the last four years just completely explode um, and you're amazing like you can help anybody that reaches out to you no doubt yeah. No doubt in my mind. So, you know, thank you for taking the time. Thank you to everyone who shared this out. If you didn't share this out, shame on you. Um, <laughs> but, but like, uh, Leah Brown's on here. She loves you, of course. Hey, Leah. We love Leah. Uh, She's amazing. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so you know, I, thank you so much. You're, you're, you're incredible. I could sit here all day and ask you questions, but you got, you got stuff I to know. do. <laughs> but Sherry, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who yeah. shared this out. You guys have an amazing day. My wife's on here. Jill's on here. Hi, Jill. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, listen. Thank you so much. You guys have an awesome day, Sherry. Thank you. Make sure you follow Sherry. Go connect with her immediately. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you, Ken. Love right. you. Love yeah. you, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> Stay on Skype for me, if you would, for just a second. Okay. All right. Yep. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Bye.